Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, we have a special treat today. I have, in the next few episodes, an interview with Ron Hunter, President and CEO of Randall House and D6, which is a discipleship program for families. And we're going to be talking about the state of discipleship and his unique take on that. As you know, the heartbeat of Lose Yourself as a program is a call to discipleship, and I look forward to learning about Ron's unique approach. Let's get started. Speaking of prodigals, sometimes we have children that are prodigals. What advice would you give to a parent who is coming off some bad life decisions? Let's say there's a actual God-loving evangelistic church out there that that sees someone in need, tells them about Jesus, the guy person gets saved, but they're coming out of a very imperfect environment, and now they're finding themselves wanting to reconnect or heal their family situation. They've been handed your D6 curriculum as perhaps a resource. What words of encouragement would you have for that parent? Yeah, you know, it's the same words I'd have for that parent who's been in church their whole life, who did not have that same area, but their son or daughter has strayed away Hmm. and has gone into a lifestyle or away from the church or whatever we want to define. I think my advice is 100% the same. I've had these conversations a thousand times. I promise after, after speaking, people come up and say, I wish I'd learned the D6 approach many years ago. And I say, you know what? We can't go back in time. Here's what we can do moving forward. Number one, you make sure that you build a relationship with your son or daughter where they are. Right. Now, let's, let's assume for a minute that mom and dad goes, yeah, but I so disagree with blank, whatever blank is. And I look at them and say, you know what? They know you disagree. You don't need to tell them. Right. But they do need you to love them because our Heavenly Father loved us unconditionally in our worst sin. And he still reached out to us. And nobody accused him of condoning our behavior. Therefore, wow. we need to absolutely love our kids, build a relationship around a hobby, a sport, a craft, a TV show. I don't care what it is, you find something you can have in common and you regularly have those conversations with your kiddos. What I said a moment ago, when you're having those conversations, you don't need to bring up the very bridge that's blown up between the two of you every time you talk. So therefore that becomes taboo until, here's the key. Okay. While you're having those conversations with your son or daughter, I want you to be praying for their heart. I want you to be praying for a pain point I want you to be praying for them to bump into a wall to where they ask you what advice you have spiritually. And that's your moment to step in. You've already witnessed to them. You've already fulfilled your responsibility. You're not going to be held accountable. All you need to do is be there and ready and available, just like the prodigal father in the Bible. His son went out to a far country And the interesting part is what most people miss in that Bible story is when the son returned home, the father did not know he had repented. Right. I mean, that son didn't text dad and say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm coming home. He didn't call him on the cell phone. He didn't write him a letter through the U.S. postal system. He just decided to come home. 
And the father saw him a long ways out and ran out to meet him and hug him. He didn't stand on the porch stewing, waiting for an apology. So we've got to treat our son or daughter with that same, let me reach out to you. Let me love you. And then he found out his son was repentant Mm. and, you know, then we can make that way. So, you know, my, my advice is don't preach to them. They know where they are. They just need to know that you love them and you care about them. And uh, you need to keep the conversation open and dialoguing so that when they bump into something, they need advice. You're in that realm of people they go to. Right. That's powerful. Do they run to you? Or do they run from you is the question yeah, that, that yeah. we always have to ask. Yeah, no, that's right. There are some practical other items I often recommend to parents to do. Um, number one, let's say that you feel like you might have contributed to where they are. And, and let me be clear, not their prodigalness may not lie entirely at your feet. They may not lie at your feet at all. Mm. I think the last thing to do is to, um, is to feel an overwhelming sense of guilt the where it paralyzes you from doing anything about it. Mm. So the, the first thing I would say to somebody, if you feel like you did contribute in some way, I would, I would reach out in a handwritten letter and apologize and say, you know what, I made some mistakes in parenting, or I might've pushed you away. Cause and again, the, the, the separation between you and your son or daughter may be a life choice your son or daughter made. And it caused an argument and you know, they're the ones in sin. You're not, but it's okay for you still to apologize and say, I think I pushed you further away after we disagreed. Right. All you need to do is reach out and let them know I care deeply about this relationship and I'd like to have a do over. Right. And I'd like to start again, our conversations and you can acknowledge, Hey, I I still don't agree, but it doesn't change my love for you, you know, and, but write to them and say, Hey, if I had it do over again, and then if, if they still aren't acknowledging, I would occasionally drop, you know, a a photo of, of something in the past. I'd reach back in the past. Hey, I was looking in our digital photo album or a physical photo album. I came across this memory and I just want to share with you a little bit about it. I just, I just loved our time together there. And, you know, and you don't, again, do not, do not use this to guilt them or shame them. Oh no. Please hear our, hear our, they know the difference. They know the difference. Yes, they do. And if you start entering it in there, they're going to know it. And so you lose just that. Write it. And you lose that when you, you use that's right. When you use you lose, you lose all it. the capital you have built up at that point if you do that. But just write and just use this to connect back to their heart, soften their heart so that they'll have conversations with you. Your goal is conversation. And through conversation, you have relationship. Through relationship, you have influence. And with influence, then you have the potential of discipleship. Mm. Oh, that'll preach, man. Mm. That's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. What are some ways that they can be complementary in the relationship between D6 and the local church? Yeah, for sure. Whenever we use our tagline, uh, building believers through church and home, church always comes first, even though the institution God created first was family. But family can never initiate foundational theology on their own. Therefore, again, we always say the church is that launching pad, that on-ramp. It is the place by which it springboards our families into everyday life. And so without the equipping, the parents cannot be equipped. And so we say it starts or initiates at church. You get people headed in the right direction. And then parents go out and put it into practice, come back the next week. 
you evaluate it. I, I liken it to a coach coaching on any sport. I coached soccer for 11 years, recreational soccer. And during the practice times, I could get out on the field with them. We could kick the ball around. I could go out there and correct their posture, which way their hips are turned when they're, you know, following through when they're shooting on, at the goal, you know, so forth and so on. But when game time comes, I'm in a box on the sideline. <laughs> and all I can do is look from a distance. I can scream, but there's a good chance I won't even be heard. Right. And that's where our ministry and volunteer leaders and teachers are. On Sunday is that time of practice field. We're getting on the field with them. We're interacting around the lessons and the singing and the worship. We're showing them how to posture, to, to, to understand biblical worldview or how to have right ethical conversations or whatever it is. But then we got to let them go out into the, you know, the world Monday through Saturday, which I call game time. Right. That's where you see if it sticks when it, when it really counts away from the coach. And uh, we may look from a distance and go, oh, my, you blew it. Well, the coach doesn't pull somebody to the side and go, you're benched for the rest of the game. No, you pull them to the side, you, you coach them up, and you put them back out on the field. Right. Why do we parent more harshly our kids than our Heavenly Father parents us? Ooh. I mean, think about that. I mean, we, we just assume that people can be sidelined. for No, no. We, I mean, we make mistakes over and over, and we want to put them back out. So D6 is designed to provide the resources at church and the resources at home. And what we'd love to do is recognize that they are complementary resources, that what is happening at church is reinforced in the home. So if you use the D6 family-aligned curriculum and use the D6 devotions, then that's going to be lived out all the way throughout the week. If you use the app or the at-home resources, you can send things out digitally to moms and dads throughout the week with little gentle reminders of things they can do, things they can say to start those conversations and live it out. We do, To be clear, and I want to say this, Mike, sometimes people confuse us into thinking, oh, we're, we're against age-specific ministries. Like you want to, D6 must be about getting rid of student pastors. Children. No, not can't be further from the truth. In fact, I, I hear us sometimes go, well, D6 is integrated family ministry. And while that's technically, I'm, I'm sorry, intergenerational is the term they'll use. While that's technically correct, it is often confused with integrated church, which that's not our heart. Now, I think integrated can be good. It's not our preference. It's not what D6 teaches. D6 teaches that there are age-specific times in both life groups and in children's and, ch and student ministry. We are separated so that cognitively, emotionally, and seasonally, we can be addressed through the lens of scripture on Sunday. And then when we go home, we just got to set mom and dad up for the success of leaning into those conversations. So, you know, I, I don't ever view us as a threat to church. We're not ever meant to replace. In fact, we're trying to put more ammunition and tools in the hands of ministry leaders. So they in turn can put them in the hands of parents and grandparents. And if think about it, if your church teaches um, an age-aligned curriculum, everybody's in their separate class, and I happen to teach this curriculum every week to a, a group of adults, and one couple in uh, our life group on Sunday, on Sunday afternoon, FaceTimes their grandson, who is 350 miles away, and one of the things that comes up in that FaceTime every Sunday is the lesson they learned in uh, life group. You know why? Because their son, 350 miles away, also uses D6 curriculum, and he had the same lesson, and they get to talk about it. Isn't that cool, even though they're not even in the same church? It is cool, and I think that that's—the other thing that you have to do with um, as families is, gosh, how many times as parents do we talk to our kids about 
sports or Marvel movies or whatever oh, it yeah. is. And, and we'll just we'll geek on that for 30 minutes. They pick up on the fact that we get disinterested in over five minutes of talking about spiritual things. How was church? Right. It was fine. That's right. It's good. What'd you learn? I don't know. <laughs> right. And uh, speaking of you, uh, one little thing you mentioned was you were talking about how you compliment so well. You're right. Those faith conversations happen at home, but then there is value in the graded peer education where the kids yeah. can kind of discuss among their peer group. And it's so funny. They retain so much in those environments, but at the same time to our original point, it's really hard for that to be exclusively that child's spiritual formation of That's uh, right. the peer group is great, but just my goodness, how powerful when parents are equipped and can be involved and be able to uh, make a difference in their kid's life. That's right. I think, I think when we realize that discipleship is conversational, that words have an impactful heart language on our kids, it, it makes us want to gravitate towards those conversations. And when we realize that discipleship is not an event, but it's a way of life, right. then we'll realize it can't stay just isolated to church. It's got to go into everyday life or it's not real. And then, then the other thing, I think, coming out of this pandemic, regardless of how far in the rearview mirror it is or if we're still experiencing residual effects, is that we can't get away from the fact that we lost a lot of people during the pandemic, meaning People aren't coming back to church. The ones who are there are genuinely committed, but some people shifted churches during this period of time. It's true. And I would argue that moving forward, the big shift in the uh, giving up our canoes and putting on snowshoes or grabbing repelling gear is to shift from a performance mentality to an engagement mentality. We're out of time, but we'll continue this conversation in our next episode. In the meantime, if you're interested in Randall House's D6 curriculum, you can find it online at d6family.com. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.